We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, and we seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we're starting a new class where we're exploring the hadith of collection of Imam al-Nawawi. And to give you some background, and feel free to interrupt with any questions, uh, Imam al-Nawawi is a scholar, a giant scholar from about the 1200s, so about 800 years ago. And in terms of the various schools of law, he is of the Shafi'i school of law. And he was very instrumental in sort of restructuring that whole school. So there's essentially two phases of the Shafi'i school, although some might say there's a third phase beginning now. There's a phase from Imam al-Shafi'i, which is like the 800s, up until this period, so the first 400 years, articulating how should Islamic law work. And then Imam al-Nawawi was this giant scholar who sort of re-articulates it. And that's been the direction of the, the Shafi'i school of law very much over the next few centuries. And the point to take from that is that our Islamic sciences are a continuous conversation. So you're going to often hear me use the word tradition. And when I'm saying tradition, I'm basically referring to this conversation that takes place over centuries, whether it's uh, uh, on a whole field or a specific subject in a field. Okay? And so one of our subjects is Islamic law. But what we are looking at is the hadith. And the hadith, uh, as you already know, uh, are collections of anything that the Prophet, peace be upon him, is reported to have said, reported to have done, reported to have witnessed, seeming to give approval. Okay? Uh, but a mistake we often make in our community is just to take the approach that, okay, if the hadith says this, then I must do that. Okay? But the, first we have to figure out if that hadith is actually truly related to my context. Uh, we also have to see, is the Prophet, peace be upon him, do we understand him giving this as an instruction to everybody, or was it just a conversation with one person? Because those might be two different answers. And, uh, and of course, there's the questions of things like authenticity. Okay? And that material is what Islamic law really focuses on. But the hadith as a body of literature, put it all together, and that helps us get in touch with the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay? Now, in reality, you can't separate the Prophet from the Qur'an. Okay, we, on, on a shelf you can, here's the Qur'an and here's a collection of the Hadith, right? But the Qur'an is given to the Prophet, peace be upon him, like literally as though it's part of him, and then he recites what he has been given, and then it's also affecting his life, because sometimes the Qur'an is telling him do this or do that. So the Qur'an is also literally guiding the entire life of the Prophet, peace be upon him. You, are, you literally cannot separate the Prophet from the Qur'an. And so one way to look at the hadith is that it's the Prophet, peace be upon him, putting the Qur'an into practice. Like, what does it mean to embody the Qur'an? Okay. Uh, but he may have other insights that may not be coming from the Qur'an itself, but all of it is coming from Allah. So the way we describe it is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, received two types of revelation. One is uh, matlu, recited. The other is ghayr matlu, not recited. Okay. So recited is the Qur'an itself, right? Qur'an, recited. And then, so matlu meaning recitation like tilawat. Ghayr uh, matlu would be what we have collected in the hadith literature, meaning that which is not recited, but it is still regarded as a revelation, right? Okay. Now, in terms of, of collections of hadith, usually our approach, which again is not correct, is to look at like the core collections, Bukhari, Muslim, so forth and so on. But those are not written for, those are not compiled for lay Muslims. They're compiled for scholars. And so a mistake a lay Muslim often makes is to open up Bukhari to look for an answer or to go online and look for an answer in Bukhari. But what they're lacking are assumptions that are in the text, right? Just like any subject, you know, there's going to be assumptions in the text that if I'm not trained in it, I'm not going to read the text properly. 
right? I mean, the, the same issue, this is kind of funny, like if I wanted to find my illness, and instead of seeing a doctor, I go to WebMD, okay? And then it asks me to cl click on all my illness, all my symptoms, uh, I might have 500 diseases listed, you know, even diseases that as a male I physically cannot get, right? Because I don't know how to approach sickness and symptoms the way a physician is trained to. Such is the case if I just jump into Bukhari and Muslim. Okay? There are assumptions in those texts that a scholar would be trained in and to know how to really approach those texts. Right? That's issue number one. Now, further, uh, uh, so, uh, the, the Prophet, peace be upon him, has a narration attributed to him where he says that if you memorize 40 hadith, then you are a scholar. Okay? Now, what's also understood here is that memorizing just doesn't mean memorizing the words means embodying, okay? Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole tradition of scholars throughout history uh, doing compilations of 40 hadith. 40 hadith on a particular topic, 40 hadith on marriage, 40 hadith on character, 40 hadith on da'wah, okay? Imam al-Nawawi has a collection which is called the Arba'in of al-Nawawi, the 40 of, uh, of al-Nawawi, where he is giving a presentation of Islam, a complete presentation of Islam in 40 narrations. It's actually 42 narrations but, you know, out of simplicity, we call it 40. And so what he is trying to do, sifting through all of the million hadith, he has put together a collection of 42, saying here is a complete picture of Islam, okay? Now, this collection that we're exploring, Riyadh al-Salihin, is a collection of some 1,900 narrations, give or take 2,000 narrations. And again, he's doing the same thing. He is giving a complete picture of Islam, but over 2,000 narrations, okay? And uh, as we'll explore, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons I love this book is I really find this to be one of the most profound books ever, ever compiled. Because it's not simply just a list of hadith, okay? He has grouped hadith together by chapter, and then each of those chapters has subsections. But let's say one subsection has 10 narrations. He's not just listing 10 narrations, for example, on Iman, he is giving you the whole picture of Iman in these 10 narrations, including the complexities of Iman. And these will be things that we're going to explore, inshallah. Right? And so we'll just see how far we get. Like, you know, like I mentioned, you know, there's no way, I mean, Allah knows best that we're going to finish the entire text, but our focus is on quality. Yeah. Okay. So, actually, it's almost time to, time to end here, but uh, why don't you, at the very least, read the first ayahs in the first chapter. Uh, read for us the title of the first chapter, and then read for us the first ayahs. Sincerity and significance of intentions in all actions, apparent and hidden, is the name of the chapter. And so, just read the translation, that's fine. And they were commanded not, but that they should worship Allah, and worship none but Him alone, abstaining from ascribing partners to him, and perform a salawat, and give zakat, and that is the right religion. It is neither their meat nor their blood that reaches Allah, but it is piety from you that reaches him. Say, O Muhammad wasallam, whether you hide what is in your breasts or reveal it, Allah knows it. Okay, so uh, looking at the chapter... Uh, reflect on why that chapter would be the first chapter in, in a book. So what is, the, the, what is in sum, in one or two words, what is this chapter about? Uh, so I think, I, you know, starting off with chapter one, yeah. I personally believe 
that the fact that it's starting off with sincerity mm-hmm. and what is the significance of your actions. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that as a Muslim, our actions, even stepping away from a Muslim as a human being, mm-hmm. our actions define who we are. Mm-hmm. And what we say defines who we are. Mm-hmm. And what we are sincere in our actions, uh, when we're the most sincere is when we show who we mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. And chapter one is starting off with our core self, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. that w- this is who we are yeah. as human beings. Those actions, what we say mm-hmm. when we're sincere is what we are. Mm-hmm. So I think starting off with this is showing Islamically what that means. Yeah. So right from the start, we're saying a few things. One, uh, when we're speaking of sincerity, usually we mean sincerity of intention, sincerity of purpose, sincerity of goal, right? And then we have actions. And exactly like you said, your actions will show who you really are. Right, so I might I might consider myself really devoutly focused on a particular cause, but then if you look at my actions, I'm not doing anything to support my cause. Suppose I want to ace an exam, and I've convinced myself I want to ace it, but if you look at the way I'm spending my time, I'm not spending any time studying it for it, right? Or I want to liberate my people, okay? Um, and aside from wearing, you know, T-shirts and posting slogans, I'm not really doing anything in terms of actions. So my actions, if I actually uh, if, look at my actions, that'll show me what I really care about. Okay? But within each action is an intention. And the first question is, how sincere am I? Okay? And it follows, just like you said, that this, is, this would be the first chapter. Because in one way, the whole goal of your project as a Muslim is to get as sincere as possible, ikhlas, to be as sincere, as pure of heart as possible. That one of the things that we're taught is that the way to enter paradise is with a sound heart. And so that's the core of it all. The core of it all is developing sincerity. And then we'll talk about the ayahs next time. But the first just nugget to to, to think about right now is that one of the most fundamental challenges that the devil is going to try to put against you is to make you not sincere. And, and sincerity is, is not as easy as it sounds because we have all types of forces that make it difficult. Okay. But that's where we begin. Okay, so, so we'll stop right here, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Wa akhri da'wana. Anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.